Welcome to the Earn Every Dime Online Show, where our job is to help you uncover new ways to earn a living online. Now we do this by talking through concepts, ideas, strategies, and people that hopefully help you make more money online. Welcome to the show. On this episode, we have Ricardo E. Johnson II. And Ricardo has been an entrepreneur for as long as I've known him. And I've known him a long time, since high school, in fact. He was the first guy I ever seen bring a, a briefcase to high school. Then I started bringing a briefcase to high school. And then we became the only two guys people have seen bringing briefcases to high school. In this episode, Ricardo talks about stepping out of pure entrepreneurship and into corporate intrapreneurship and some warnings. Enjoy the show. All right. All right. So, hey, we've got Ricardo E. Johnson II, and I'm going to tell you, this is the guy that saved me from me during my uh, turbulent high school uh, years. And you know, what I'm so proud about is that, you know, just like a, a true entrepreneur, Rick, I think, came ready to do business, right? So, and that was the same thing with his friendships. It was like, hey, look, my friends play a role in my life. What role would you like to play, brother? And the one that I was living at the time was not the one that I wanted to be proud of. And it was good to be able to hang out with somebody that was showing a direction that I could. So, hey, Rick, I want to thank you for that. And uh, as we do this video and talk to our entrepreneurs today, we're going to touch on a couple of things that I think are important, that I think we can, you know, add some value to our, you know, the entrepreneurs out there. And from your own experience, from your own experience, the ups and downs, right? So let me, let me kind of expose what I believe. I believe that, you know, the navigation of entrepreneurship it can kind of be full of traps and tricks, fears and fulfillments. So what I wanted this, this episode to be about is being able to tell our folks out there some of those, those traps and tricks, but then at the same time, a way to get past the fears onto the fulfillment side of it. Can you add a little value and a little narrative to that? Absolutely. You know, Randy, one of the things I think is is fundamental for entrepreneurs to understand is that following the path of entrepreneurialism does not negate the kind of responsibilities that you would traditionally find in a workplace. And so if in fact you're someone who doesn't like working hard, you know, <laughs> wants to have a short working schedule or right. whatever the dream that you think a normal nine to five um, uh, in cases you win, the entrepreneurial life is not an escape from that encasement. You will find that you have bosses. You will find that you have deadlines. All of the challenges that exist in a nine-to-five uh, um, job will exist in the entrepreneurial environment. Um, so the fears that you have, and I, I, Randy, we could probably talk all, it's interesting, you didn't tell me about this, but fear is something that I, kind of obsess about. I think that fear is behind everything that is wrong in the business world, everything that is wrong in the world. And so 
if in fact you're someone that is not bound by fear, then you have one of the foundational pillars of being a good entrepreneur. Um, if you are motivated by fear in a way that calls you to action, mm -hmm. you're a good person for to being an entrepreneur. But if in fact fear of hard work, fear of failure, fear of rejection, the kinds of things that maybe you deal with in your day-to-day -day life, if in mm -hmm. fact you're dealing with that at work and you at your nine to five and you think, well, I'm gonna go out here and work for myself to escape that fear, you're gonna find those things too. So I, I absolutely uh, agree with your premise. And I do think that as we talk about this further today, um, there are some ways to be able to navigate that in a successful way, but not in a way that escapes you from any other work realities. You know, that's, that's important that we, uh, we share that with the entrepreneurs that's going to be listening and, and the people that haven't decided to take that step. Now, you know, I espouse on this show that you can earn every dime online. I try to make it so that people can find that easy access to doing something different than what they've done before, traditional nine to five work, even traditional entrepreneurship as a means by which to condense your ability and have flexibility in your life, right? So I say, hey, earn every dime online. I have a belief you can do it. Here are some of the steps how. But you adding that key that you cannot get away from some of the standards and some of the traditions that go into earning your living. We can't step away from it, whether we're online or not. This is something I think a lot of people out there right now selling the whole online dream, they're missing. They're not showing the folks that, well, guess what? That online dream may mean still getting up at four in the morning, right? I do it, but then I add the ability that at nine, I'm taking a nap or at nine, I'm going to the gym because of the flexibility that's added with the online space. So it doesn't take away the fact that I'm still going to put in 10, 12, 14 hours. It's just when I put in that 10, 12, 14 hours has shifted, right? Now you as a serial entrepreneur, and I, I, and I like to call you a corporate bigwig sometimes. And then I say, but he's an all around interesting guy. <laughs> That's how I kind of describe you when I'm talking to folks. As you have, you know, kind of shifted in between both of those avenues, right? I remember a time when you were working for a company, you know, and you were like the corporate bigwig. But do you still see that there was entrepreneurship even within that environment? So what I really think, um, I, I think that when you look at an entrepreneur, there, there is no real distinction between what an entrepreneur does every day and what someone does in a corporate environment. Mm -hmm. the, really, the only differences that I would tell you in my experience mm -hmm. is that there is less constraints um, uh, for an entrepreneur um, and there is less infrastructure for an entrepreneur. So if you are someone who enjoys uh, not being constrained mm -hmm. um, and can withstand not having infrastructure, then the entrepreneurial path is perfect for you. If in fact you like to work in a team environment um, and you like to make sure that, you know, that you work well it, when you have backup and there's all people that can cross the T's and dot the I's, then corporate America is a good place. But going back to your first question about fear, one of the challenges that I see, and I work in, I work 
predominantly in the C-suite environment, when you see companies that are doing well, Mm -hmm. these are companies that do not punish people for making mistakes. If, in fact, you have a situation, Randy, where you're working in an environment that says we rarely fail, then you're working in an environment that has almost no innovation. Right. You're working in an environment that does not promote growth, does not promote uh, the kind of creativity and curiosity that that comes along with failure. So when you ask me about the differences between being an entrepreneur and working for myself Mm -hmm. or working for a major corporation, the kind of employee that I am and the kind of entrepreneur I am is pretty much the same guy. I'm fearless. Um, even my bosses are a little nervous uh, when, they, <laughs> when they work with me. Um, and when I'm an entrepreneur, I am fearless. And my clients, are some, they're going to hear the truth from me. I, I spoke with a very successful um, a, a earlier the, Sorry about that. I got a phone call. Um, and uh, a person who owned a business, and I, he told me what his strategy was, and I said, very successful man. If I told you this company, you would know it immediately. And I said, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> and, you know, he, <laughs> so, you know, so in, in both cases, I was there to tell them the truth. What I have seen in my 30 years is that you can either succeed utilizing what you know to be your truth or you can fail trying to figure out what somebody else's truth is. Now there is this kind of race to the middle. There's these people I never get fired for saying no. Mm -hmm. And if if you ask me about what's wrong with corporate America, that's it is that you have this bureaucracy. People walk through the door, they turn that door into a wall and then they try to make sure that, he, that they don't get pushed back out that door and that nobody follows behind them. That's right. That is, that is the bane of, of innovation. That is the bane of growth. That is, that's the challenge that we have, um, that we as entrepreneurs bring to a corporate environment, that kind of creativity, that kind of fearlessness. And so as we talk about um, the differences between you know, my corporate life and my entrepreneurial life, the thing that I would say, and you and I have talked about, you, you've been an entrepreneur, but you've also been someone your entire life who's never been outworked, never been outworked. That's right. The day I met you and to this day, you had multiple jobs. You had multiple revenue before anybody ever told you, hey, Randy, it's a good idea to have multiple revenue streams. You had multiple revenue streams coming in in part because your dad wouldn't let us go hang out with that, with his money. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Don't take any wood. So both of us had our hustle going on yeah. before we knew how that hustle would impact or be manifest in our business lives. But I, I think again, whether you're an entrepreneur or you are a, a, a member of a company, how you show up to that, uh, that company is really about you and not about that environment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm finding a lot now, Rick, that a lot of people are trying to, you know, be, do their own thing. I hear this a lot. Do, I want to do my own thing. Okay. And I wonder if, if there is enough substance to that approach, right? So one of the questions I wanted to ask is 
how do you feel about entrepreneurship as a way to transform or change your life? Well, I, I think that if you take a look, you know, around, you know, our, our homes, if we take a look at what we're wearing, um, all of these things are reflections of some courageous individual mm -hmm. changing their lives through the products that they would create, through the services that they provide. Um, there is no doubt that it, it, it's very rare, particularly now, where you are going to see innovation in a way that changes your life or that changes the world through a corporate environment, yeah. through 3M or through Microsoft or through those companies are going to do that and the shareholders are going to do well and the, 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 the few individuals that would be able to participate. But when you look at true innovation and true personal change, that generally happens through the courageous work of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it's funny, man, when I think about the, the reason why I dipped in and out of entrepreneurship and why I'm now going all in, if you will, is I'm still pursuing that, ideal, right? That ability to transform, to have my freedoms, to do what I want to do, if you will. But there is a big question, and I'm affected by this when I don't get up at four in the morning and get after it, is entrepreneurship and my habits, right? Because you said it earlier, you have less constraints, you have less infrastructure. So given that environment, what is the entrepreneur to do? Well, I, I think, you know, you, you've answered it. Uh, if, if, in fact, your objective... See, here, here's the thing that you have to take into consideration. Nature abhors a vacuum. So if you've identified something that does not exist in the marketplace, mm -hmm. you are in a race. Because there are lots of people, lots of companies being paid lots of money, spending lots of money to fill those vacuums, to find those opportunities. So the thing you talk about getting up at four o'clock in the morning, which I do not, is, as someone who has been involved in healthcare, hey, I don't recommend on. that. You can get up Your at four a.m. time is, you know, around that time. So, you know, I, that's something we need to talk about. <laughs> but what you're talking about, in essence, is discipline. And sure, I, yeah. I think I've lost you. No, no, you, go. you got me. That was the key is doing that doing the getting up as a means to discipline myself because I know when the day starts calling and it calls constantly for the entrepreneur, especially the online entrepreneur, the difficulty, you know, starts then when the day says, Hey, come out here and hang with me. I, uh, I offer you freedom. I offer you sunshine. I offer you, you know, the ability to go to the store when you want. And the online entrepreneur now says, hey, guess what? I have that freedom. I'm going to do that. And next thing you know, they're not making the goals that they want to make and the money. Well, you know, and I, the, the discipline that, that I'm referencing, what I would say to an entrepreneur is entrepreneur is like a gardener. And, you know, I, I have a rooftop garden uh, in the city and, and, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of it. It's like, you know, it's like my children now. Now that they, I can't raise them anymore, or at least not the way I used to. <laughs> um, you plant a seed, and the success of that plant um, it deter is determined by the, the strength of the seed, sure. the strength of the soil, the strength of the environment in which that soil is, is, 
where the sun is shining and, and the, uh, the moisture in the air. And so some of those things are luck. Some of those things are, you know, environmental that you don't have control over. But a vast majority of those things are impacted by your discipline. They're impacted by your commitment. They're impacted by your skill set. Mm-hmm. And if you have, if you're the type of gardener, and this is, uh, I'm kind of stealing this from the movie Being There, so I want to do a little shout out for that, Shotzi mm-hmm. Gardner. Um, if you're the type of gardener that is able to have a seed of an idea, plant it in an environment, and you have the wherewithal, what I will tell you is, um, and I hear about this all the time, one of the challenges is that there's not, Randy, a dearth of great ideas in the United States or okay. in the world. Yeah. What there's a dearth of is the, the wherewithal to see that plant to a point where the, it bears fruit. The analogy that I give is that you have 90 liters of oxygen and there's uh, a pot of gold 50 liters down. So you can get in the water, you find the gold, you're on your way up, you got billions of dollars worth of bullion with you, and you drown 10 liters from the, uh, from the, from the top. Mm-hmm. That's where corporate America comes in. They, they see these opportunities. That's where venture capital comes in. Yeah. I see so many talented people give their companies away because they don't have the wherewithal to get to the, that, the top of the water. They, they've got a great idea. They've got a great environment. Forgive me for mixing metaphors. But what I do believe is, is that if, in fact, you can create an environment where you can grow through revenue and not through venture capital, which is why I really appreciate what you're doing online, because what happens is the market is the litmus test. That's right. The market is the oxygen. The market will be, give you the ability to maintain control of your company, and it will give you the ability to make changes. So many times I see people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, significant amounts of time trying to guess what the market's going to do. That's right. Rather than just rolling up your sleeves, opening up your door and, and, and doing business. You, your ability to, you know, do gives people an opportunity to really identify what is the market saying about your idea? That's right. What is the market saying about the, the, the efficacy of what it is you're trying to create? So I think it's a great idea. Um, and I think the challenges around that generally that people have is they don't want to actually go out there and, and, and vet whether or not this great idea that they have, whether it'll work or not. Yeah, I, I tell you, I've got piles and piles of ideas. And now the big deal in, in, is how can I rapidly prototype this? right? Can I get it out there as fast as possible? doesn't have to be perfect. But then can I get information via sales? If the information that comes in via sales, then perhaps I'm on to something and then I'll build out a better website. I'll build out a better platform. I even do, and this is what I suggest to my online entrepreneurs as well. I says, look, let's, let's put something together very, very quickly right? Put it out there, throw some ads at it to see if you can get someone to even look at it. Can somebody, will somebody even sign up to your email list or anything surrounding that idea? If not, perhaps, if you get crickets, perhaps you got a bad idea, right? Or you have to look at some other avenues. But here's something that you, you know, you said earlier that's, that got me thinking about why I do some of the things I do. I know my tendencies, 
right? I know that when the day starts calling right around 1030, I should probably be done. Hence the reason why, you know, I'll go to bed at 10 o'clock, six hours, get up at four, get it done. Day starts calling me. I answer the day because <laughs> I know my tendencies, right? And get out there and then come back, start my day again about two or three o'clock. That's kind of how I roll. When people don't know their tendencies, I believe they go into this environment of entrepreneurship with, I think, a false idea of how it's supposed to save them. It may have been that corporate life saved them. Being able to go and talk to somebody at the water cooler or, you know, act like you're typing when the boss comes by. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing that say, maybe that's the environment you needed to get the best out in you. But when you can, in this case, rapidly prototype something, put it out there to see if you're getting any kind of traction, you are told very quickly whether or not you've got something. So I'm not afraid of that. I like to you know, suggest folks do that a lot. But tell me, Rick, what do, what do, you, what do you think about what do you think about people that, you know, get fed up one day with the thing that's worked for them for 30 years and think, and I say this, think they're an entrepreneur because they just took a class or they saw something online and said, I could do that. So, you know, I, what I will tell you is, you know, and I have, um, I spend a great deal of time. I actually represent some funds um, that uh, do venture capital. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I will tell you that uh, the environment that I work in every day is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is not a place to start. Uh, to, I'm sorry, Randy, the screen is. It, it's not a place to, if, at least in the environment that I work in on a day-to-day, if, you're, if you are not prepared, even the idea, and, you know, and again, I, I think you know, our, our markets are a little different. Um, the analogy that I use with a lot of my clients when they're first coming in is that many times uh, entrepreneurs will have an idea, a founder will have an idea, mm-hmm. and what they'll do is they'll go to someone and they'll say to someone, I need some help to get to the marketplace, and the, the market will say, okay, great, I'm going to build you a parachute, it's going to be beautiful, mm-hmm. um, I want you to get in the plane, and uh, this, you, you, not only will you will the parachute open and you'll, but the whole world will see you um, as you land gracefully to the ground. And then, then they get up in the plane, they look out the, out the plane and the, the landscape is littered with parachutes that never opened, <laughs> open too soon, open too late. Um, one of the things that I say to entrepreneurs is identify strategic relationships. Mm. Um, you were talking about a person who you know, types when the boss comes along. Well, listen, you know, the, the challenge with the entrepreneurial world is if you were somebody um, who thought that they worked really hard and then you That's got right. into the market and found out you really didn't, um, in this environment, an entrepreneurial environment, everything that you're not, your weaknesses will be exposed immediately. If you're in a real marketplace and what you need to be able to do is identify somebody who has a plane, identify somebody Again, using the parachute analogy, who can fly it, and then and then hopefully find a team that can build the, the parachute and then jump out with you. Yeah. Um, the the ability to identify consensus, to find a team that that um, thinks like you do and that works at your pace, 
and that is strong where you're weak. Of all the things, the lessons, Randy, that I've learned uh, in, the, in the 30 years that I've been being an entrepreneur, it is that as talented as I know I am, as smart as I know I am, or believe I am, um, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. You, you have to surround yourself <clears throat> with talented people. And hopefully in that surrounding, you're the least talented of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell my son, I tell my kids, I tell other people, don't be the richest house on the block. Don't be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Some of the most brilliant people that I've encountered, people whose names you would know, they are the most curious about them. everyone they know, everyone they meet. They want to find out what is it that you know that I don't know. Not yeah. let me impress you with everything I know. I want to learn from you. And, and, I, and, and Randy, I will tell you, I very much enjoy uh, a lot of the stuff that you, that almost everything you put on the, uh, on the web, I'm reading it. I'm listening to it. <laughs> Because what I can tell you is, and this is what entrepreneurs should understand, you'll, you'll listen to a podcast, you'll take one, one, one of your um, classes, you'll find yourself in a situation where the, the lesson of that day will save you. Yeah. Something will pop up and sure. you'll, you know what, I read, I, re- I read that or I listened to that or I learned that and then you respond. So mm-hmm. the ability to be, and that's, that's one of the things that's challenging when you're an entrepreneur. You don't have a collegial environment where you can talk to people and get ideas. And, you know, am I crazy or is this a great idea? These are things that you, that you are used to in school. That's you right. have uh, teams, you know, you have sports teams and classroom teams and you get out into the, the business world, the corporate environment. You have all types of community building things. And then you go into an entrepreneurial environment and you find yourself alone. And so the ability to have community, the ability to have someone with whom you can chat with, that you can check with, a resource from from which you can pull down ideas is invaluable. Yeah, I tell you, I I formed a, a mastermind with that, with that whole idea, right? I do them on Thursdays. We get together, you know, I, 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 you know, I didn't hide the idea that or what it was about. I call it the make more money mastermind, right? And it's with the idea of if you bring something to the table, we're going to use the wisdom of the room to help you think that through a little bit differently. Because I guarantee you, somebody in the room is going to have an idea that we hadn't thought of. So what I start off by saying is, listen, your puzzle might be almost complete. You just need a piece or two, right? And if you, from this meeting, can get that piece, our expectation is for somebody else's puzzle that you'll give pieces, you know? And that's kind of how every week when we do this thing, when we talk these things through, I'm sitting up there as a facilitator, writing stuff on the board and saying, okay, what about this? Who knows this? Who knows that, right? And then we have people saying, hey, have you thought about this? That person may say, that's the piece I needed. That's all I needed, right? So using that wisdom of the room and kind of, you know, having those people around you is the idea why I did that. And to get my tail out of my home office. I'm serious because I would sit there and go, hey, this is an awesome idea. Haven't even tested it, haven't thrown it to the group. And it could be a terrible idea, but it's one that I simply, I thought that would work out. Right. So, hey, but here's here's something I had a question for you about. 
when people are coming back, and this is something that I'm, I may do a writing on a little bit later, but we have a lot of entrepreneurs that are in and out of the corporate world, if you will, the nine to five, right? So that time when you dip back in, I've done it. And I have found that when I dip back in, it's just a shit show, man. And it's that way because they won't leave us alone. Entrepreneurs see things a little faster. We put together things in a different way. We're calling people to say, what do you think about this? In the corporate environment, it seems is that they just want you to do it their way. So why won't they just leave us entrepreneurs alone, man? Well, listen, I, you know, there is uh, one of the beauties of American industry business is the legacy investments that they've made. Um, and the bane of that business also is the legacy investments that they've made. Mm-hmm. And legacy investments can be in technology. Uh, legacy investments can be in, in people mm-hmm. um, and in and, and, and philosophical directions. But what happens is that people begin to say, we put our money down and this is the direction we're going. Now, many times I imagine, particularly if you're talking about a public company, where they have their stock price is not predicated many times on the wisdom of their day-to-day decisions, Mm -hmm. but they're predicated on the perception of the wisdom of their day-to-day decisions. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you talk about it being, I many times have worked with major corporations being in Minnesota. um, I've gone, you know, we have United Health Group and we have 3M here and Best Buy and Target and, the list goes on and on and on. And I have spent time with uh, some very brilliant people. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you at the C-suite level, maybe just below the C-suite level, you know, you sit down with people and you hear about innovation and you hear about these things and, and it's amazing. Um, the talent pool that run American business. Candidly, when you start getting into middle management and lower, Mm-hmm. These are people, as I said, are guarding the door. Mm-hmm. And if, if in fact a shit show exists, as you, as you reference, then that's where I would find it. And what happens is, is that people have been Peter principled. They've been promoted to areas beyond or just at their capacity. Sure. Um, they are not given the latitude. Um, in some cases, separately, they're not given the latitude to take risks um, they are not, they, and, and really their, their job, I met with a major energy company, um, whose names I won't say presented something. And the, and the person with whom I was meeting said, this would make a great deal of impact in our company, but it won't impact me at all. I won't get a raise. My department won't make any more money. And in fact, this will mean more work for me. So I'm going to have to tell you, no. <laughs> and. That's amazing. I appreciated his candor. Um, I obviously wasn't what he was saying, but what the thing that I understood was is that with listening to that man, and that, this was many years ago, it was one of the reasons why I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And even when I am working in a work environment, I wanted people to understand that they were going to hear truth for me. That's right. That they were going to hear truth. Now, listen, I think one of the challenges that we entrepreneurs have is that we believe because we see something or because we understand something that it is absolutely the way to do it. I can tell you that there have been times when I have been categorically wrong, you know? (laughs) And so 
there is some, you, there, there has to be some deference to these companies making hundreds of millions of dollars, right. um, in some case, billions of dollars, that it wasn't done by accident. Um, and what I will tell you is, is that I think that the line between innovation and, and, um, and, and corporate America and entrepreneur, those things blur, you know, and that I imagine any entrepreneur with whom is working uh, today or listening to this, their primary objective is to figure out how to do business with big business or to do business with, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So again, there, you know, while, you, while we want to talk about being an entrepreneur, the reality is, is that really what we want to be is we want to be, we don't want to be zoo animals, but we want a day pass to the zoo. <laughs> you know, we want to be able to come in, eat, you know, see, get some medical attention and then head out to the jungle. That's what right. entrepreneurs are trying to do. And I will tell you, the, the literally my day-to-day -day hunt is how quickly can I develop as many relationships with as, zoo, as many zoos as possible? That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. Uh, while I, I am absolutely a wild animal, I very much enjoy hanging in zoos. And even <laughs> at, though I'm a wild animal, I know how I'm supposed to behave inside a zoo. Yeah. And, and that, that's why I've done well. Because the zoo comes in and I look exotic and they go, oh, great. You know, hey, this guy's, you know, telling us some interesting things. And this and the other, but not so interesting that we're gonna have to kick him out the zoo. <laughs> that that is, um, you know, I I've been doing some research and I came across this this guy who said that he they use the Maya M A Y A approach, right? Most advanced, most advanced, yet it is still something that people get, right? Because if you come out the gate and your ideal is like really advanced right but yet people kind of go ah i don't know man that's kind of far out right they can't see it yet and as the entrepreneur in that corporate setting especially you see it coming i'll give you an example i you see what's happening with the virtual reality all you know the artificial intelligence um the you know blockchain technology i see it because i'm reading about it all the time and one of the reasons why I says, you know what, I want to get in an environment where I can create a buffer around myself by knowing this stuff. Now I get in rooms and I start talking about virtual reality, you know, um, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, blockchain. They kind of look at me like, blockchain? What's that? And it is incredible because you go, what's that? It's what's going to replace the middle class. That's what. Right. So as I'm having that conversation, that most advanced conversation, you get those stares like, yeah, I think uh, I think I'll be good. But what's not realized, I believe, is that if your company goes out of business because some, you know, virtual reality company put it out of business, your pension goes out of business as well. You know what I mean? So you know, why I'm kind of going all in and saying, look, we need to get online and start earning in a whole different way is because I see this stuff coming, man. And we need to start getting that freedom into our blood now so that when it comes, we're not unused to it. We're not like, uh, like we talk about a lot, that the zoo is closed and now you've forgotten how to hunt. You've been like, hey, I've gotten my food. I'm good. I know I'm a lion. I don't roar often, 
Now you get out there and you have to chase something and you go, yeah, I just don't think I can do that. Well, so, and you know what, Bridge, I, I, I will tell you, that is very eloquently said. You know, I one of the things that I will, that has been interesting to me over the years is I have friends and, and relatives um, who have chuckled at my pension for entrepreneurialism. <laughs> and they said, you know, I, I got a job and I, you know, I've got this and da, 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 da. And then I see these people getting laid off. And, you know, for me, if I want, if, you know, I, I am, you know, doing pretty well, but if tomorrow morning I walked in and they said, it's over tomorrow afternoon, I'd be doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't be driving Uber or Lyft. It would be doing what I'm doing with the people whom I'm doing. it. So the, the one thing that I, that you said that I hope people hear is that there is a nimbleness that's right to a skilled entrepreneur that translates very well in a corporate environment but gives you a degree of security um, this isn't the 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 world that your your dad and your mom lived in right. this is not that world it's not a, the world that our grandparents lived in it's you know this the idea that you would work for one company that that company once you retired you were set that, that's over. I mean, it's, it's not, it's almost over. It's over. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to be able to say, if this was all taken away, what am I, what would I do? And when some people say, well, I'm going to go find another zoo. Well, but imagine if every animal in your zoo was out of a place and then all the people already who didn't have a zoo and all you're going to do now is go get in line or go back to school or do this and the other the thing that I, that I have agreed and, and, and really been interested in with the stuff that you've talked about is if you begin with your normal nine to five job, okay. creating some residual income so that there's some competencies that you'll be able to create, it diversifies your resume, it diversifies your skill set, it diversifies your thinking. Um, th- that is critical. It's yeah. critical today. And in, in our political environment, in our economic environment, in our global environment, the ability to have a nimble mind and a nimble skill set gives you the kind of security that two generations ago had with working for a good company. Yeah, and that's the whole idea, man. And why that's my big Simon Sinek why. You know, why am I, you know, you know, shaking the bushes? And, you know, standing on the milk crates and saying at the top of my lungs, let's get online. I'm going to show you how. I'm going to make it as easy as possible. I'm going to show you everything you need to know to start creating what I call that digital real estate, right? And that's not mine. I heard that digital real estate and creating those online properties so that it outlasts you, you know? And one thing that kind of came to my mind was when I saw the movie It. Right now, Stephen King wrote that a long time ago, but guess what? He's getting another check. He not only wrote the book and it was sold, he, you know, had it produced. I think this was like the second time around. It's been a, it's a reboot of one property, right? And if we want to get into economic terms, we start talking about that. No additional marginal cost. I could never forget that from school. 
I think that was probably the most value I got out of my master's degree is, you know, understanding that concept. Do something once and you can create from it for a lifetime and leave it generational, right? Stephen King dies, his family could still get paid from that real estate that he created sitting there at the desk typing. That's true. I, I, the thing that I would say, you know, having known you since 10th grade, is that while the internet is a, a amplification and a reflection of, of your skill set, you still had to have the skill, sure. you know? And, and so the thing is, is that there were things that you understood. Uh, there, there were lessons that you learned. Um, there, there, were, there were talents that you brought to your job. Um, that you then brought to your business. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I would say is that it, it is also critical for people to understand that you can't just, it's not just a website and you just, you, you have to also bring something unique to the marketplace. That's and true. that unique thing that you bring to the market starts with you. It starts mm -hmm. with your perspective, with your understanding and then hopefully you have, as I said, some, some team of people that can help vet, help grow, help amplify what it is that you're doing. But, I, you know, the thing that I would say about Stephen King or about Randy Otterbridge uh, is that they're unique talents. You, you know, you both are unique talents. So it's, it, 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 I would say, you know, you know it's uncomfortable for me um, as having been an entrepreneur for as long as I have, um, people need to make sure that they sharpen up their, their tools before they come. Because if you're coming into my environment, you better be ready. If we're, if there is a comp, you know, if you're coming in and there's a competition, I've been doing this for 30 years. That's right. That's and, right. And, and when I said that the landscape is littered with, with parachutes that haven't opened, some of those parachutes didn't open because I cut the strings. Some of those, <laughs> you know, some of those parachutes where I view that person, um, you know, the thing that I say many times when we're doing competitive bidding is mm -hmm. that, you know, in the marketplace, you can't tell the difference between a flea and an eagle. You just know they both fly. Mm -hmm. So my job is to turn the fan on, turn the wind on. So that strong products, strong ideas, strong teams, they fly in the wind. Fleas blow away in the wind. So that. when we sit down and I'm looking at somebody who hasn't prepared, who hasn't taken classes, who hasn't gotten an MBA, who hasn't had a lifetime of work experience, and then they come into my arena, um, I have the sword of uh, Maximus in my office. <laughs> um, and that's what they call me. I'm the gladiator. And so we, it is important um, when, when people see your ads, when they see the things that you're talking about, there's a lifetime exp of experience right. that they're able to gain from learning your information. And if they decide that they don't need that, then they're going to run into people like me. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Matt, so I've got one last uh, thing that I like to ask everybody as it relates to their life. What does freedom mean to you? Freedom means to me um, that I can get up in the morning. I start my day at mass. Um, if there's something going on with my kids, 
I don't have to call anybody. I don't have to ask anyone any, their permission. Freedom means if I have something that I need to pay for, I can work a little harder. Or if I've had a good month or a good quarter or a good year, I can take a long vacation. But what freedom mostly means to me, Bridge, is, is that it gives me the opportunity to conceive an idea and see that idea to fruition. That's whether it. it be personal, whether it be professional, whether it be faith-based, the, the capacity to see an idea to its end is the greatest freedom for me. And I love it, being able to do that. Man, I certainly appreciate it. And I think that we have imparted some wisdom on my Earn Every Dime onliners. I think that we've imparted some wisdom. Well, I, I've certainly been filled up today. All right. So I've got to go out in the marketplace and empty from just the stuff that you've given me today. And I certainly appreciate it. All right, man. I, I love you, bro. Thank you. All right. Take care, man. All right. Take care. Well, thank you for listening to the Earn Every Dime Online show. Where our job is to help you discover new ways to earn a living online. Be sure to subscribe to the show to be the first to catch the tips and tricks and sometimes gifts we share with you. You can find those in the description field. We'll see you next time.